Welcome to the CME CE podcast, Let's Talk MRSA, 20 Frequently Asked Questions. Please review the complete CME CE information at www.mrsa20faqs.com. This podcast is designed to clarify frequently asked questions in serious MRSA infections that pose a threat to patient safety and add to the healthcare burden. Episodes released weekly are structured into four learning modules. Learners can apply for credit after reviewing each learning module. This is the fourth learning module, Applying Antimicrobial Stewardship Principles. There are five episodes in this learning module. This is the second episode. In this episode, Dr. James Lewis from University of Texas Health Sciences Center, San Antonio, Texas, shares his clinical experience. Thank you, Dr. Lewis, for joining us once again. We have often heard that the appropriate use of antimicrobials is to use the right drug, right dose, and right duration of therapy. So what we would like to concentrate in this episode is the duration of therapy for MRSA infections. So Dr. Lewis, what do current management guidelines recommend as the optimal duration of therapy for MRSA infections, such as pneumonia, bacteremia, skin infections? Well, you know, really the durations bounce all over the place, and for the most part, they are not really well supported by a massive, massive amount of high-quality data. And I think that really this is one of the most challenging areas in infectious diseases because, again, partially or undertreated staph aureus tends to have a very high propensity for coming back to haunt you. And so I think one of the things that we need to make sure we're doing as we try to balance the need to ensure we're not giving more antibiotic than we need, especially when it comes to staph aureus, is to make sure we're not under-treating. If you look at the, the, the ATS IDSA guidelines for nosocomial pneumonia, staph aureus lives in that eight-day range. Bacteremia, I'll tell you right now, for staph aureus, you better be darn careful treating very uncomplicated bacteremia, meaning no endocarditis, no metastatic sites of disease. Basically, they bumped their leg and they were bacteremic for a day or two and, and they responded immediately to antibiotics and you never saw the bug again. Maybe that type of a patient gets 14 days. I am very, very hesitant to ever treat MRSA bacteremia for shorter than 14 days. And I think that most experts um, are kind of in that same area. Most folks that we see with MRSA bacteremia are getting at least three weeks of therapy. And when you move into endocarditis or you move into situations where you have metastatic disease, especially if you are unable to get good source control, a lot of these patients end up getting six weeks of therapy. Skin infections, I think, are a completely different beast because so much of skin infection is dependent upon source control. A very nice paper by Chambers and colleagues published in AAC in 2007, I think does a very nice job of highlighting the fact that source control, especially for abscesses, is absolutely key and really probably minimizes the importance of your antibiotics. Endocarditis, again, prosthetic valve versus native valve, but realistically, when you start to get into MRSA, in most settings, you're talking four to six weeks of therapy. I think it's very, very dangerous, and I think it's very critical that clinicians out there recognize that undertreated MRSA, has, and staph aureus in general, actually, has a very high likelihood of relapsing in the form of vertebral osteo, new endocarditis, something very unpleasant for both the patient to deal with and the clinician to try and treat. And so I think that especially for MRSA bacteremia, we need to treat 
probably for at least three weeks in the majority of cases. And again, this is an area where we are sorely lacking for good quality data. And I think that this is, again, something that a lot of us would really like to see much more work on going forward. Okay. As you mentioned, in many cases, the correct duration of therapy will not be obvious or follow any set formula. Um, are there any general criteria that clinicians can use to help determine an appropriate duration of therapy for a particular patient? You know, I think, again, one of, you know, the, the golden rule that we all are taught in medical, pharmacy, nursing, whatever school, is that you treat the patient, not the number. And so, you know, I think the, one of the first things you always do is make sure that the patient is getting better and that you're, you're happy with the direction that they are headed from a clinical standpoint. Beyond that, I know that some people for osteomyelitis will use inflammatory markers and whatnot. You know, I, one of the big criteria that we use um, is really when were we able to get good source control? You know, we, this is one area where I cannot over or I cannot overstate the importance of our surgical colleagues. If you look at the daptomycin versus vancomycin bacteremia study, where both drugs really got into trouble was in patients where you were not able to get good source control. So again, source control in MRSA patients is absolutely key. And that, again, will really help you determine the appropriate duration of therapy. If you're never able to get good source control, a lot of folks are going to go four, six weeks. If you're able to get good source control, maybe you cut that down a little bit. But, you know, again, coming back to our previous discussion, I think that this is an area where it is very tricky. And with MRSA, and especially MRSA bacteremia, I think you need to be very, very careful in ensuring that you do not undertreat these patients because the potential negative sequelae of that are formidable. Okay, so, so you've emphasized the, uh, the dangers of undertreatment of MRSA. What are the potential consequences of prolonging therapy more than necessary? You know, I think that depending on what therapy you're using, um, the, if, you're, if you're stuck in a situation where you're having to go with intravenous therapy, I, I think that unfortunately a lot of clinicians don't recognize the risks that are inherent in some of the central venous catheters or venous lines that we use to infuse these therapies. And having patients walking around with these lines for prolonged periods of time um, can result in some very negative sequelae up to and including line infections and a variety of other things. The other thing that, that happens in these patients, and, and this is true not just for MRSA, but kind of across the spectrum, the more antibiotic you show somebody, the more likely they are to get into various side effects. And it really is agent-specific as to what side effect it is that you're concerned about. But pretty much every drug that we have on the market at this point has some rather unpleasant side effects, whether it's neutropenia with, high, with prolonged doses of, of high-dose beta-lactam, whether or not you get into some renal issues, potentially with vancomycin, um, some CPK stuff, potentially with DAPTO, with nasalid, with marrow suppression. So, you know, and the, all of these side effects tend to show up with prolonged courses of therapy. I think another good example of this is the, the eosinophilic pneumonia that has recently kind of shown up in, in some of daptomycin stuff. Um, most of these patients, it was after greater than two weeks of therapy that you started to get into these side effects. So I think as, across antibiotics as a whole, the more drug you show people, the, the more the risk is that you're going to run them into some unpleasant adverse drug event. Okay, so it seems it can be pretty challenging trying to um, determine the optimal duration of therapy. 
Now, who among the healthcare team should be involved in making this determination whether to stop or continue therapy for MRSA infections? You know, I think that this is this is really something that needs to be multidisciplinary, and this is not something that is limited strictly to MRSA. I, I really think that this should be done routinely, um, irrespective of what type of infection it is you're treating. I think that we, we need to do a better job as healthcare providers of not just starting antibiotics, but knowing what the end game is and thinking about every day, do I still need to continue this? Or what is my endpoint? Where am I going with this? What will I use as a trigger to shut this down? And I think that's one of the key roles that antimicrobial stewardship programs are really trying to fill is trying to walk that line between making sure that patients receive adequate therapy, but not allowing it to prolong needlessly where you expose patients to more resistant organisms, to adverse drug events, to things such as Clostridium difficile. And I think it really does become a team effort and, you know, people saying, all right, this is day whatever of this antibiotic. What's, what's, our, what's our timeline for shutting this down? What do we want to see before we shut this down? But, you know, we know now, and I think the, the evidence is becoming increasingly clear and increasingly robust, that antibiotics are not benign drugs. Bad things happen when you leave people on these things for long periods of time at high doses. So it's key that we really, as healthcare providers across the spectrum, be looking at what we can do and when we need to shut these things down. Well, thank you again, Dr. Lewis, for sharing your insights on this topic. Please join us again for additional discussions on how to address the challenges of MRSA infections. Thank you.